So, hello, and welcome to the Human Touch um, podcast brought to you by JPC, uh, in which we're going to try and unpick all the ways that we can help um, really humanize enterprise marketing and sales. And I'm really delighted to have with me today Lisa Daniels. Um, Lisa is a marketing specialist with years and years of tech and telco uh, marketing experience under her belt. And um, I've had the pleasure of working with you, I think, for quite a few years as well, Lisa, in roles including BT and Vodafone. Um, Do you want to just give a sort of brief intro on yourself? Just any other insights to share there? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Firstly, thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's great to be here. This is a topic very close to my heart. Uh, So yeah, sort of got quite a long B2C and B2B marketing background. um, And I know you and I talk at length about this subject, don't we? Um, And I really do think that... um, there's a bit of a moment in time happening sort of post-pandemic and as we re-enter whatever this normal normalcy is these days um, to re-evaluate what's most effective and actually how to connect with these B2B decision makers in a really human way. So excited. Okay, yeah. So I think you know this is something I'm particularly passionate about as well, Lisa. Um, so yeah, we've got that in common. Um, I'd love to just unpack some of the things we've talked about before, where you think it might be going wrong. Why are we seeing sort of less of a human connection in our marketing today? Uh, yeah, so, so the challenge, I think, is multifaceted. I think with um, digital marketing and the use of data and AI and things like that coming a really, really long way, um, I think what's happening now is that we're, we're so focused as, a, as an industry on getting more efficient, more effective, and, mm. and, and really measuring the benefits that, that come from being able to see far more than you ever could with more traditional media. But I think you're then forgetting about the human being that that is at the end and consuming that content and that media. So I think that data and AI and digital marketing is a great opportunity, but brings challenges too, which can drive disconnect. Um, I also think that in a in the current um, world where we have, um, you know, we moved mountains as a as a industry during the pandemic, you know, moving all of those, you know field-based activities that happened, events and things like that, all to online. Looks great on paper. Looks like you reach more people. Looks like more people attend things. But reality is, you know, are they actually building the relationships and the connections that you would have had from those sort of physical events and things like that? And I think that adjustment to whatever the the, the kind of optimum solution is, which I think is a hybrid, um, is, is, is the thing that we need to crack and that's why I think we need to take, take a pause um, and reflect on actually what we've learned over the last two years and actually work out what is most effective for the audience these days. Yeah, and I think um, when you and I spoke before, and it, it really left quite a profound impact on me, you, you said something quite specific, which was um, we're all engaging content through a single channel. So actually, as, you, as you've just said, where we used to have multiple channels, events, face-to-face communications, meetings, we're all, you know, as, as we drive efficiencies, we're all consuming more and more content through our screens in our little sort of institutionalized worlds where we're, we think we're getting more done. We think we've got more time to consume media. But actually what we're noticing, and I'm noticing it myself, is I really actually miss my commute time. Mm. where I used to actually be able to consume media on the move. You know, that's where I would do my real thinking. That's where I would do my real reading outside the job. Um, 
now what's happening is I'm at my desk at home at 9am, probably earlier than that, nine times out of 10. And I'm there till six o'clock in the evening. And all of that time is consumed with the day job. And in fact, mostly being on Zoom calls and meetings. Mm -hmm. So that window of opportunity to sit and read something that's going to sort of, you know, captivate me, help me sort of come up with new ideas to solve problems and challenges is becoming ever smaller. Mm-hmm. Are you are you seeing that particularly being a challenge for you in reaching some of your customers? Absolutely. I think it's a, a very common problem, particularly for for you know the the corporate decision makers and influencers that we talk to. Everyone is really time poor these days, mm. um, and we've become more and more impatient about how we consume you know um, information. Even if you look at the working world, you know something that probably used to be you know, a two hour conversation is stripped right the way down to a, you know, a 10 minute with a pre-read before it, you know, our, our, our patience is, is a lot thinner and our, um, our time is a lot poorer. Um, and I think that that kind of change in the, in the, in, even if you look at the sort of the consumer trends and the behaviors and how we, you know, what used to be, you know, something that you might spend time thinking and analyzing is now a, you know, it's a 30 second TikTok or something. So I think those trends, you know, that the traits of our, um, our like attention span and our, and our mindsets has really changed. Um, and I think when you consider how business is being done right now, it's all through scheduled meetings and structure and all of these kind of things where from a marketing point of view, can you intervene and actually have influence? And I think that is the challenge. Do you think there might be something also in marketing just becoming, what I'm trying to say is, I think when we talk face-to-face, we just talk in a regular way, right? We talk in a human way, we're conversational. When all of our communications are going through digital channels, I just think organisations can't help but write in a more formal way. So because we're not getting the face-to-face time to sort of complement that, if you like, Everything is coming through this same singular sort of digital channel. Is there a sense that, you know, communications haven't adapted or we haven't adapted our our written communications, our digital communications at the same pace as we've adapted to this hybrid working? So, in fact, where we might have not noticed something sounding a little bit more corporate and formal and we might have even expected that over email in the past, does it now feel a little bit more robotic? Do we need to find ways to bring a more sort of conversational, disruptive approach into our written word as we would do in a a face-to-face meeting? Absolutely. I think that's such a great point because if you say out loud a lot of the, you know, the the marketing that gets put out there, uh, it doesn't sound human at all. It's actually often phrases and words that you wouldn't even use. Um, in in real life conversation. So I think, but it's really hard. I think as marketeers, we're sort of, I don't know, trained to sort of wrap things up and to copyright everything. And and, and actually one of the, the pieces of feedback I always get from my sales colleagues is, it, it, it's too marketing. Like that's a marketing mm. headline or that's a marketing uh, advert. And that's what you know, and, and that's not effective when it comes to actually driving a connection. So I think it's a really tricky one. And I also think that the um, there's like a, what am I trying to say here? Um, there's a bit of a drug, I think, to, to, you know, to talk to a corporate audience as if they're, a, you know, a, a different robotic being 
even though we actually know that's not the case. We don't talk like that to each other in the workplace. So why are we talking to our customers and our audiences like it? But I think it um, takes a lot of um, bravery to put something out there that's just really straight talking and normal. But mm. I think it's a challenge we should take on because I think it will be much more effective. Well, I think it's because it's, as you say, it's wrapped up in so much governance and compliance and constraint because yeah. you and I talking now, um, you know, there isn't a feeling that there's someone going to sort of mark our homework is there. Whereas actually when we send a formal communication yeah. to a client, there's so much that has to be sort of wrapped around it. And I think all of the constraints that GDPR and um, brand are bringing mm. are in some ways, um, you know, at risk of killing creativity and killing that human humanization. Now, look, I know they're really, really important, right? We've got to ensure that brand is represented in the right way. We've got to ensure that we're delivering the right tone of voice that represents the business we work for. And I, I know you'll know that, you know, mm. better than most having worked in the types of corporate organizations you have. But I think, again, this comes back to that point of how do we, I mean, I'd just be interested to know what you think. How do we adapt? What could we do um, both in in your type of role, marketing in the client side and, and us having a responsibility as an agency? Mm. What can we do together to try and find that middle ground um, to adapt our sort of ways of communicating in digital communications? And where do you think the data and GDPR are and brand compliance are going to be a real barrier to, to making that possible. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting, isn't it? If you look at who you most respect in large organisations, often, you know, the leaders that you want to follow or, or, or the role models that you have, they're always the people that say things really simply, mm. um, which is a real skill in itself. And I think there's a lot of people not saying things simply within these large organisations in the first place. So then when the marketing team try and then create something that's straight talking, simple, you know, very, very clear message, it's actually really hard to do. So I think finding those individuals who can articulate often what's quite a complex product or a complex buying decision, you know, sort of process um, and hear it from them, I think actually is a great place to start. You almost need to remove all the noise and the jargon from your own internal organization in the mm. first place, because that's what reaches the paper at the end of it. I also think things like messaging guides um, and the process that you go through often to create the communications in the first place, they can be a bit misleading. Um, and they can send you off course right from the get go. And I think actually having messaging guidelines, they're very useful, but actually they need to be written not for marketing content. They need to be written in human, you know, personal, mm. how you would say it. If you read it out loud, does it feel uncomfortable? So I think there's a real test, isn't there, about kind of not being afraid to make, to dump, not dumb it down at all, but put it in simple terms that anyone could understand. Um, and I think, you know, if someone can crack that, <laughs> I really think that it would be revolutionary, actually. So maybe there's just a lot of processes that we like to follow because that's what we know and that's what we're comfortable with and obviously things like brand guidelines tone of voice guidelines sometimes they don't help um because they can tie you up in in knots and actually limit you before you've even started mm. um and actually when um one thing i really liked when we did the uh, the, the most recent bt rebrand um was they had a a, a tone of voice revamp um, and actually their tone of voice was um, very clear, actually, and simple. And it said, talk to, 
you, you know, write like you speak. That was it. Write like you speak. And I really liked it. It was hard to do. I wouldn't say that it was always that effective. But I think as a, as a, as a mantra, I just think actually it was really, you're like, okay, right. So if I'm talking to, um, you know, a public sector audience or a large corporate audience, I'll talk to them how I would speak to them if I was in real life. If I'm speaking to a, you know, a, a consumer or a homeowner at the end of it, I would talk mm. to them like I would talk to my mum or my yeah. nan. And actually it wasn't about being rigid and you didn't have the same tone because everyone adapts their styles for different audiences in real life, right? So it was that nature. And I really liked that as a sentiment. I think that's a really powerful point you make there, Lisa. And um, I've certainly seen that you can see the change coming. You can see the change coming in marketing teams and in brand teams. I don't think anyone is sat there at the moment ignoring this point and fighting this battle of how do I humanize my communications? And that sort of right as you speak mantra is a really, really nice way to get around that. Um, I have a theory that it it gets harder as it gets into sort of the sales trenches because I think they are struggling with the, you know, selling complex product. It's very feature-led. It's all about the product. So translating that into outcomes um, and actually bringing that, you know, right like we speak um, ethos into the sales communities, I think could have power to really drive change. So on that note, you know, what do you think, though, the cost is to business today if we can't get these things sort of aligned and we can't? if we are still sort of stuck in that very sort of robotic communication, what sort of impact do you think it's having on business, the customer, internal communities? I think the the, the real cost is that you create a lot of noise and not a lot of impact, but basically. So your level of investment, not just budget, but also resources, um, you know, is, is quite ineffective in places I think you know it's fair to say I think every marketing team out there is under even more scrutiny than ever to prove return on investment um and in a b2b world that's not always the easiest thing to to measure and prove I think again coming back to my point about digital communications and the fact that you can measure things there's more expectation that you can measure it Mm. but you know I think I read a stat somewhere that said 48% 48% of B2B marketing is seen as boring by the end audience, you know, and I think that's probably being g- generous. So I think that a lot of time and effort and blood, sweat and tears is being put into all this content. It's just not being consumed, which means it's not driving any impact or reward. Um, and that's, you know, a very sweeping statement, I know. But I think if we were all honest with ourselves, many would agree with that. Mm, it's quite worrying. And and I love that stat you just gave there. And uh, I've got one for you that's quite similar, actually, um, that I just, you know, it, it, it really drives our own philosophy and the way that we work. So 73% of B2B buyers want to be treated like consumers, but only 49% of businesses deliver. And again, I suspect this stat's a couple of years old, and I suspect that probably has dropped because mm. I think the disconnect you're talking about you know, that chasm is just getting wider. Mm. Um, So look, we've talked about what's going wrong. Um, You know, we can see that this, as I say, this sort of digital, we think we're really incredibly well connected digitally, but actually we're we're losing some of that sort of physical connection that would enhance digital in a normal world. Um, And actually, as you've said, I think you touched on it, 
there is that expectation because we've got things like AI, we've got VR, we've got the metaverse. We all think we can create these incredibly rich experiences that compensate for the this sort of human interaction. But, um, you know, as we're seeing here, it, it just isn't enough to, comp- it, no, don't get me wrong, we love immersive, we love all of those great things, mm. but it's not enough to compensate for the face-to-face. So just, you know, won't hold you to it, <laughs> but what do you think? What do you think marketing, if you were, you know, MD, uh, sorry, marketing director today of a major tech organization, um, and in fact, you do have pretty influential roles in some <laughs> of the companies you've worked in. What do you think are, you know, some of the things they could put in place to start to change this? So I think a good place to start if you believe that a lot of your marketing and communications could be more effective is to try and remove the bias of what's gone before, what you've done before, what you think works, you know, what you believe works. And I think actually being really an objective review, if you like, of everything you are putting out there, um, you know, and and doing your best to obviously analyse that effectively is, is a good place to start. I think taking a step back is often what you need to do to move forward. Um, I think there is a belief that if I think about the consumer marketing world, everyone knows as consumers, you don't want to be shouted out about products all the time. There's a time and a place for a price point and a, and a product, you know, absolutely. But we've accepted the fact that there's a much more emotional connection required to make a decision. We also know that's true from a business point of view, yet we sort of choose to ignore it. So I think it's almost like the hard truth is the fact that your buyer is emotionally and rationally led. Therefore, you need to make sure that you are creating communications that have at least an element of an emotional tie. So I think it's a really kind of almost cold, hard look in the mirror at what you are doing. And if in doubt, ask the customers because I think often you just forget about the most simple ways to get feedback is just to say what do you think of this white paper what do you think of this you know social asset that we've put out there and you'll get the feedback um and I think you know that's back to basics you know back Mm. to marketing 101 you know the things that we were taught 30 years ago and all of that and it's kind of they haven't gone away um but our world is different now it is and actually I I I think it's even more than that. Um, You're right. We've got so much we can learn and take from consumer marketing in the B2B world. But um, when you were talking about, you know, how do we make decisions as consumers? You know, how do we choose the things we want to buy? We do it around, you know, the brand that we believe the most, the one that makes us feel good, the one that we feel secure and we have trust Mm. when we buy from them. And actually, when you think about a B2B purchase, you know, I would hate to be the CTO with his neck on the line for a major infrastructure purchase um, for my enterprise organization. The emotional investment in that and getting that decision right is actually a lot more compelling than, you know, me going out and buying my latest pair of shoes. So I think you're you're absolutely right. And I think um, really putting that consumer lens into B2B, but more than that, thinking about that business to person. Yeah marketing and what are what are the things that are going to make them feel safe comfortable emotionally connected in their 
buying decision is absolutely key. Yeah. And I think how people feel about not just the brand as a, you know, as a, as a total organization, but the, the individual or the sets of people that they are working day to day with on these decisions, how they feel about the people and plus how they feel about the brand is ultimately going to be your make or break as to whether you do business with them. Right. Um, you know, if you don't feel like it's it's something something and someone you can trust, then you're not you're not going to succeed. And you know, and trust is born out of, you know, being able to communicate with people at a human level. Mm-hmm. So you know, and I think that sometimes um, in our, uh, I guess, our slightly slightly outdated fixation on how we operate in the in the business and how we talk to each other and all of this kind of stuff um it's it, that's what's getting in the way and that's what's reaching those audiences look thank you lisa i think there's some brilliant points we've just begun to sort of scratch the tip of the surface with today but um if i was going to sum up some of the things i've taken out from our discussion i think you know what's driving this sort of lack of humanization we're time poor we're all living our lives through this single channel screen. Um, and I think the point you made, we need to ask, you know, where from a marketing perspective can we actually intervene? Where can we make a difference? I think the question just needs to be asked more. Um, I think we agreed the people we admire are the people that can just tell it like it is clear, simple, human. Um, and actually, talking in a human way is a challenge we do need to take on because it's, it's not going away by itself. Um, and I think I loved your last point, you know, as a starting point, let's just go back to the basics and let's actually talk to customers and find out what they actually want. You know, what will make that CTO, for example, stop what he's doing in his day, open your communication and actually enjoy it and take something from it. Mm. So um, thank you. Look, I think we're going to wrap up there, but um, I think we'll Look forward to our next session where we're going to start to unpack some of these points and just see what we think could work, what could some of the solutions look like. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.